Hello, happy new year and welcome to BetFair's Wade In podcast. We are back for the first episode of Wade In of 2024, post the Christmas merriment, post the New Year's Eve hangover. And I am joined by the usual gang back together, Kevin Blake, Brendan Duke and Tony Calvin to discuss all the performances from the festive period and of course the news stories as well. This is going to be a jam-packed show but let's do a hello to everyone because, Kevin Blake, you've been away. This is our first time reuniting on the podcast since you came back from your travels. I've missed right, you. I've been, back, I've, been, I've been back for two weeks, like, so that doesn't feel feels like a long time ago now. But anyway, yeah, job done. How are they done? Keep the missus happy for another three or four or five years, hopefully, and on we go, yeah. <laughs> Wow, poor D. Three or four, five years. Three or four, five months. I need a holiday every five months. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that's why I never troubled you, Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too, too high maintenance for me. Yeah. Was that the yeah. only reason, or were there other? Oh, of course, of course, of course. The holidays was a de- the holidays were a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that when you go out with Vanessa, she doesn't pay to stay anywhere. So at least you get freebies all her friends <laughs> around the world. I'm a catch. Let me tell you that. Tony, I'm a cat. <laughs> um, Tony, how was your New Year, my dear? Yeah, yeah, I norm- don't normally do New Year's Eve, but I didn't this year. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was, it was, it was a good few days uh, over Christmas and the New Year. So yeah, can't complain. And Brendan, were you at home in Ireland? What have you been up to since we last spoke? Uh, going to the races, trying to stay sane with the with, with with the wind situation. The wind's been blowing for about a week. I think it's got inside my psyche at this stage. But great, great crowds in Leopardstown. Uh, very uh, proper competitive racing. Some top class horses taking each other on. So yes, I all in all, I, I enjoyed the Christmas, but could have lived without the wind. Lovely. I was over in Ireland for 27th, 28th, 29th and had a wonderful time. Went racing all three days, thoroughly enjoyed myself. But yeah, the weather was, uh, you know, something to just sort of grin and bear a little bit. Uh, It's been raining in England for about two weeks. Absolutely horrendous out there. But before we go any further, everyone, uh, don't forget Rachel Blackmore's Serial Winners Fund. Uh, That is taking a big hike. It's up to 135k because she's had a flurry of winners over the festive season. For anyone who doesn't know, this is a 100k donation from Betfair to start off a fund for the Irish Injured Jockeys and the England Jockeys Fund, uh, Injured Jockeys Fund over here in England. And every time Rachel Blackmore has a winner, Betfair are adding five grand to the pot from Betfair Chase Day to National Day. So it's at 135k already. Happy days. And 140, 140. It's like an auction here. 140 comes through. Oh, it's through 140. On, on, oh, on, I don't even the, have the updated WhatsApp. numbers. It's an easy, that's an easy that's checkout, isn't it? You're a big darts fan, aren't you? Oh yes, 140. Yeah, yeah. No, I could, I could work, I could work out. The darts has been exceptional, of course. Indoor sports, not wind affected. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for the update, Brandon. Right. Guys, on we go. As I said, so much racing to discuss. Uh, we will start off with the. St- chase division because of course we had the Savills chase but we also had a dramatic renewal of the King George on Boxing Day. It seems a long time ago now but that is our starting place. Hewick goes and wins it. Alaho beat, Brave Man's Game beat, Shishkin jumps off but falls. Drama, drama, drama. Hewick's being cut to 16 to 1 for the Gold Cup and he traded as high as a 550 in running with Betfair. Kev Blake, let's start with you. What did you make of it? Just drama left, right and centre. 
Yeah, it was a mental race, wasn't it? Like, really yeah. was. Like, a bit of a mad race to watch. Like, most of them, like, weren't travelling as well as you'd like at some point or another. And Hewick was obviously the, the headline act in that regard. Like, he was he was gone, really, wasn't he? Like, a long way out. Um, Gavin Sheehan said if it wasn't the King George, he probably would have pulled him up. And, like, that sounds the way it sounds. But, like, you could believe him. So the horse just wasn't going at all. Um, like, look, we ended up with quite quick ground. Um, like it, it was proper good ground, and that very much played in um to Hewitt's favor. And look, if we, we saw the way it panned out, like the, the the sections would suggest that they didn't go as mental as I thought that they might have. Um, watching the race, it looked like a bit of a pace collapse late on. Um, they perhaps started racing a bit earlier than ideal, but it was um. Look, it, it, it fell into his lap a little bit, and he showed a great attitude to to come and get them. Um, like, look, it's a different face winning a big race. Um, you know, a fella that's I suppose widely acknowledged as as a, as a bit of a character. Um, so there, there was benefit for it. Um, to that point, you know, can Hewick win a Gold Cup? Um, he was running very well in the last year on ground that he wouldn't have liked. You remember they were very much to and fro on whether to run him or not until quite late. Um, will he get good ground in the Gold Cup? Um, would seem extremely unlikely. Um, but this was his big day. Um, he's had a few big days already. This horse, and uh, this is this is the biggest of the whole lot. So, um, you'd be delighted for him, diminutive, um, uh, you know, unfashionably bred fella that he is. Um, he's he's been a massive overachiever. Um, so yeah, congrats to all concerned. It was it was a memorable one. It really was. And look, like a wider picture, looking ahead to the Gold Cup. I don't know about that, Brendan, with him. Um, and it was, as Kevin has described, a muddling race. But I don't think you can overstate kind of like what those stories do for racing. A, obviously, love him or hate him. I don't care what your opinion of him is. It's the, the shark story and the way in which he, you know, goes about his life and the training of the horses and this whole, the horse's price tag. It's one of those fairy tales, in inverted commas, in racing that really appeals to a wider audience and who knows someone out there will have a dream of having a horse in training and thinks that they can pick them up cheaper than what we hear all the headlines about and that can only surely be a good thing oh yeah well you see i mean he seems to be a compelling character funny enough i've only i've seen him maybe six or seven times after after racing uh, if i'm in, over in england or down at a um an Irish festival, and he's always he's catnip to women. He's always surrounded by a bevy of beauties. Uh, he's just irresistible to women, and clearly punters as well. They 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 they, they are drawn to him like moths to a flame, Vanessa. Uh, wow. Yeah. So 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 so, so a great a, a great story. The third best horse in the race won. Um, your boy, I liked your boy Tony Keenan. He said, uh, "Trade at five hundred and fifty in running. Look short." That's what it looked like to me. I mean, he clouded the first, and then he was he was slow at plenty of fences. I suppose you could say we know he can jump better. He he was. You know, I mean, he wasn't going to win the Gold Cup last year, but he was running off his face. Give, given the ground, Cheltenham drains like the Sahara. He might get good ground at a Gold Cup. Uh, has the stamina for a bet three six five gold cup. You 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 could see him staying on into a place in a in a, in a gold cup. So long long made the story right, but it was heartbreaking for Shishkin though. I mean, Shishkin mm. would surely have won. I know he's a bit of a character, and you don't give horses credit for. But he was pricking his ears coming down to the second last. Whenever he wins races, he seems to see them out very strongly. Brave man's game. Again, I'm still not totally convinced about his resolution, but he did go past Alaho, and I think he'd have won the race if he hadn't have suffered the interference from 
Shishkin. So yeah, uh, great, great, great story. Third best horse wins race would be my take. Okay, well, TC, then two questions to you. One to wrap up King George, one to move on to the Savills. Um, what price did did punters agree with Brendan that Shishkin would have won? What price did he hit in running before he fell? Don't know offhand, but 1.15 rings a bell. Um, okay. I spoke to, obviously, I spoke to Nico after it. He said definitely he would have won. Only Barry two. Orr, 1.19, just come in. Okay. okay. Um yeah, so yeah, Nico said he was only getting going, so he thought he would have definitely have won, and that's what it looked like, wouldn't it? Uh, didn't it? So yeah, nothing to really add to that. Okay. Quite, I was quite underwhelmed by Alaho. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what the lie said, what the guy said about Uick. Okay, well, TC, then I want to move on to the Savills chase because, of course, it saw Gallop into Champs back with a bang, and the anti-post market has really latched onto that. He's been cut to 11-10 to 10 for a second Cheltenham Gold Cup from 3-1 to one after that somewhat disappointing reappearance earlier in the season. Um, do you think that's a fair price about him or do you think the market's somewhat overreacted? Um, I wouldn't be a favour of taking prices like that, you know, this far out. I know, I know it's getting quite close now, like six, seven weeks, but no, it's, you know, it, it can't be that much. Ten weeks. Ten weeks, even sorry, ten weeks. Sorry, it's a long way. Yeah, the ch those Chatham countdowns are getting the better of you, TC. Oh yeah, yeah. How many sleeps? I must admit, I've not read one days. anti post column. I have not watched one anti post <laughs> preview show. Sorry, Vanessa. Sorry, everybody else. Sorry, Kevin. Um, and I'm 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 done the worst for it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was a massive well performance, wasn't it? And like you said, if if it gets there on the day in that kind of form, then. It's going to win. I see time form rating him 181 now. That's just a, that's a pound higher than an ergamine and five pound higher than Barber Shishkin. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the Gold Cup is, is there for him. But, you know, if you're taking 11 to 10 now, you'd probably rather take four to five, eight to 11 on the day once he's there, once he's not running money back, wouldn't it be? But, uh, yeah, uh, massive performance, massive performance. Mm. Uh, Brendan Duke, did Jerry Colom underperform? I'd say he probably did. I mean, he's just fallen into second by a neck from Capadano. I mean, I had this race totally wrong. I had a few quid on Jerry Colomb, flat track, deep ground. I thought, oh, yeah, this is this. And he did jump really well. He seems to jump better on flat tracks than he does on, on undulating tracks. Uh, so I, I, I suspect he did underperform, but... Um, Clearly, uh, Willie Mullins got the Kevin Blake memo that it was uh, time to revert to more positive tactics on Gallup and Deschamps. And for all that, I, I lost money on the race. Jesus, it was a joy to watch. I mean, when he puts it all together, it was an exhibition of jumping. He settled beautifully, despite uh, it, it being, being uh, on the pace. Uh, he, he, seemed, he seemed to relax great. And it was... It was just one of the all-time Leopardstown performances. So I, I don't want to crib it too much. I, I don't think Jerry fully performed. He was a little bit on his toes beforehand in the parade ring. I don't know if, I mean, not enough to stop me backing him or anything, but um, maybe, I, I haven't noticed him do that before. He just got a, a, a little bit worked up. But again, he settled well in the race. So it, it's very hard to use that as an excuse. Now, I'm just going to take the positive out of Gallup and the shop roars back. And uh, it, it was a joy to watch.
It really was a joy to watch. And one of the great Leopard Sound performances. Love that. I always like it when, you know, when you're watching a race live in the stands and your initial reaction is wow. And then you watch it back on the replays and you like double down on that, you know, initial mm -hmm. reaction. You're like really right about it. And that's what it felt in the moment and afterwards. But Kev Blake, we must move on. Let's talk about the champion hurdle division because, of course, we saw the two big guns in inverted commas, state man, but of course, the biggest gun in the all constitution. Hill come out and take their grade ones in England and Ireland respectively. Uh, Statement winning Matheson again, a seventh grade one I think it is for him, is now four to one but of course for the champion hurdle but that is behind Constitution Hill who is now one to three. Um, what did you make of Constitution Hill's Christmas hurdle performance other than the obvious superlatives? Was his keenness any sort of a concern to you Kev? Yeah, oh God, how long do we have here, Vanessa? I could talk about the champion hurdle division all day long. Um, Constitution Hill um, <laughs> won. Um, he was perfectly fine, didn't take anything from it, negative or positive. I'm just glad Nicky didn't run him the few weeks beforehand. It surely would have knocked all the stuffing out of him and he never <laughs> would have been able to put up the performance he did the other day. So onwards he goes. They're going to run him once more, I think, before Cheltenham, um, where he'll be 12 to 1 on. And then he'll go and he'll most likely win the champion hurdle and that'll be great. Um, State man confirmed he's the best herder in Ireland. If it wasn't for Constitution Hill, we'd probably be hurling him as the best since Hurricane Fly. Um, turned away Imperia Passe, which um, which was good. Um, you know, Imperia Passe was one of the more likely candidates to potentially make the scene somewhat interesting this year. But um, those dreams now seem to have died on the vine. I fear. Um, and look at his state man, very good horse, but Constitution Hill is possibly the, the best we've seen in, in in a couple of decades. Um, so while I'm damning him with faint praise, um, I've in no doubt of his of his brilliance. Um, it just makes for a, for a slightly boring scene. And don't you dare say I'm picking on Nikki Henderson because I said the exact same thing about Honeysuckle uh, when she was doing much the same. Uh, lack of depth in the division is a problem. Lack of depth. I was going to ask one of the boys for a follow-up question in regards to the state, uh, the champion hurdle division, but I just don't think it's worth our time. I just, think. I will just say one thing. Um, uh, Constitution Hill just got totally lost in that day, didn't they? I know we have, you know, Uick and Ile Fronce. We'll, we'll we'll add on to the novice. yeah. It was a bit well, mental. It just, it just on the back of that, I went and had a look at the champion hurdle, champion hurdle defeat of State Man. And it is just spellbinding the way he oh. just hit State Man aside. Mm -hmm. My like it's absolute considering what State Man did, and you can argue State Man was a career best. And it just, I think it's just just a shame that is so little depth to that division. In fact, if you're looking for the filthiest each way bet ever, just go and have a look at the four to one State Man three places in in the Champion Hurdle. I mean, I think the I think the uh, the third or fourth favorite in that market. Um, is Marie Nationale. That's going to stay. Mm. That's going to say that. And I mean, third favourite is in Barapasta. It sounds like you're going to go up in... Jesus the, Christ. The, the, the stay so. stick with Pied Piper, TC. My Andy Post pick. Pied Piper, I, baby. He's got to be the best turn in the tree runner. That, that is one market. <laughs> if I was a bookmaker, I'm going win only all day long. You want yeah, to leave there? Fuck off somewhere else. Win only market should be. Like, like, like just, one yeah. thing I'd say, I've, I've sounded very cynical there, but one thing I'd say is that I did hear... Um, was in Mullins or Townend. One of them raised the possibility that they felt Stateman wasn't quite himself um, that day in March, which is the only really thing you can hang on to in the hope that we might get a competitive race in yeah. March. Um, do I believe it? Uh, 
I'm not with the horse every day, but um, he seemed to run perfectly fine. Um, so, yeah, on we go. Okay. Just very briefly, Vanessa, I know we, we, we have to move on, but, but to be positive about Constitution Hill, and I know he's basically having an exhibition season, but those two jumps at the last two hurdles, I mean, that was saucy stuff, so wasn't it? it on that, that, the way, when you see that tracker camera that ITV have, you know, most of the time when you're looking at a horse, they see a fence, and a lot of the time, obviously, they just lose a fraction. They slow down going towards the hurdle, yeah. whereas obviously with him, he just accelerates into them, yeah. which is extraordinary. And obviously, I don't mean to be a downer. His jumping is his absolute, like, weapon in his armory. But for me, it's 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 the biggest worry as well because he's just getting slicker and slicker and faster and faster and it's uh, it's fine margins, isn't it, over those hurdles? Shades of Boover Dare. Do you remember when he came brilliant yeah. jumper, but he got yeah. one wrong and fell once, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and obviously you just, like, hope and pray that never happens. But when you're watching him, it's, like, electric, but at the same time you you are like, oh, God. But uh, at the moment he's brilliant to watch. Brilliant to watch. Anyway, let's move on. Stay as heard a little division. Um, not much of a shake-up in this department, really. Irish Point, Brendan, won the, uh, what I think might have been the substandard Jack de Bromhead Christmas hurdle. Is that fair to say? Well, home, home by the Lee. Uh, no, home, home by the Lee has... Had, He's a had, dog, had, isn't he? Is he a dog? Hold on, You have to bear in mind with these horses that uh, every time they go to war, and he has been in some wars in his life, it takes a little bit away from him. And it did look like... I, I don't think making the running is ideal for a miter, but it did look like maybe he's gotten a bit gun shy and a steering for launch sort of stuck his head in the air. But this Irish point, what a bonny horse this is. I mean, so I, I, I was hopeful. I have a small, and after time, I have a small anti-cross bet on him for, 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 for the stairs hurdle because I thought he'd improve stepping up to three miles. Uh, and it, I mean, he, he definitely stays the trip. We know from running Marine National close in his novice season, and giving uh, nearly a stone to that magical Zoe over an inadequate trip and down Royal that he 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 is a horse with a st strong form background. He's now proved he stayed stays the three miles. Just the snag for us anti-post bunters is they may not run him because um, the Atchison boy was on saying, "Well, Tiupu's our number one." Yeah. Um, uh, and um, but we don't really want to run them against each other, so we might we might send this horse to entry. In my opinion, now he's he's seven to one on Betfair at the moment to Betfair Exchange, should I say, to, to win the stairs hurdle. But factored into that is whatever percentage chance that he won't show up for the race. But in my opinion, if they sent him for the stairs hurdle, he'd be favoured for the race, and I think he'd win. But they obviously don't share that opinion, so anti post punters should tread carefully. Wow, yeah, that is that's interesting. Yeah, he's five to one for the stairs hurdle from sixteens, and Tiupu is four to one in the market. So a point and a couple of points bigger elsewhere as well. So obviously, as Brendan said, that's sort of it's factored in that they're unlikely to run them against each other, which is a shame because why? I, why I, is that though? It's not like Tiupu's a certainty. Surely you'd want to have a couple of uh, strings to your bow for a great for a big race like the stairs harder what, what I'd, run, I'd run the two of them for sure I'd run yeah. the two of them yeah. for sure if you finish one two great but um, more than likely Oliger one of them is going well. to underperform you know they're thinking about going straight to entry with that aren't they Bob Ollinger yeah they are they are but again it's like 
I don't know, I have to roll the dice, but it's a muddled division, the old stairs hurdle, because, of course, we had Crambo winning the long walk as well. That added into the mix. Um, did I read Sir Gerhard might go stairs hurdle mm. route now too? Yeah. So um, In Perry Pass like as well. In Perry yeah. Pass, sorry, who's mm. currently I think, eight to one for the stairs hurdle. So very muddled group in there. Uh, still TBC, I think it's fair to say. Let's move on yeah. to the arc. It's, it's it's the ultimate consolation division. This isn't it? Like oh, it's brilliant. Like, you, you've got Imperia Passe there and Sir Gerhard. Like they have no business going three miles, in my opinion. Like no business, and it's, yet it's, they will because they, it's perceived that they can't win a champion hurdle. Yeah. So they'll go over what, in my view, would be like a completely unsuitable trip. But uh, there you go. But that's Are you advocating always... for Ryanair hurdle, Kevin? He was absolutely, absolutely not. Well, I heard that as well. Go, 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 go to Aintree if you want to write. Go to Aintree yeah. if you want to Rainer Hurdle. The only one thing about Irish Pointing was that was a slowly run race, wasn't it? So I don't yeah. think he's copper bottomed to stay three miles around Cheltenham with a bit of dig, but. Yeah, it was, it was massively impressive. Yeah, good okay. Tony. You're, you're reminding me to pull up Vanessa there. Yeah, home by the lead. He's just not a front runner like at all. Like you couldn't pick a worse horse to make the run with. But there was no pace in the race. They're all looking at each other at the start. What do you do? Have a go. It's twice he's done it now. He just doesn't. He doesn't gallop when he's in front. Um, no, you but, can see that. You know, <laughs> yeah, you could just, 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 just. You know. He's 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 a he is a weirdo. I wouldn't call him a dog. He, he is a bit of a weirdo. No, okay, all, all right, all, right. All, all, always has been. But he just he, he just needs something in front of him to um to to you know get him yeah. to consent to uh, to do his thing. But and I I thought it was a very messy race. Um, Buddy won obviously ran poorly. Bally Adam does he stay? Not so uh, steering for launch. What's he worth nowadays? Um, very impressive Irish point. You'd love his jump, and he jumps and settles and does all the things you want. A very good staying herder to do, but I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be getting um, super excited based on this. Not his fault, but just uh, I don't think it was much of a race. Okay, now there are some horses in the novice chase division over different categories that I genuinely think we can get. Maybe not super excited about, but excited about at least. And we are going to kick off in the Arkle division with Marine Nationale, the long-awaited, belated chasing debut from the Supreme winner. Kev, was it worth waiting for? I think I know the answer. Yeah, love this now. Um, Toddy was very, very good. Um, you'd love to see. You know, we, we always talk about it. Um, you know these fancy horses when they go chasing you want you know you've got you not only have to wait a while before one really takes the eye out of your head now but i i really like the way he did it um like the way he jumped he was he was efficient he was measured um adjusted out to his right at the first ditch was the only like in any way could be interpreted negative note that i made on him but that's not really a big deal at all um and he was really good. Like the vibes weren't weren't brilliant now in the last couple of months. And we found out after the race that he'd had a little wind up um at the at the, after last season, um, which which were just, you know, it, it's it's not a positive thing, is it? I suppose especially in the longer term, but um this is really good. Um and look, he's he's a he's a mental old price now for, for the Arkle, um, such as the way things go nowadays. But it's I, I really for what it's worth it's four to five from seven to four, yeah, seven to four, I, and we hadn't even seen him over events. <laughs> yeah, for all the for all how for all that that is depressing. I, I couldn't really pick at him too much. No, and I and I love a good pick, as you know, Vanessa, but I couldn't find too much to pick at there. He was really good. Go on, TC, what were you gonna say? I, I was gonna say, out of all the novice chasers that we saw over Christmas, he actually 
impressed me the least. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't impressive, but there were a lot of other, you know, sparkling performances in that division. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw that four to five price and I thought, what the hell? And I went and had a look at the, the horses in behind it. And it's nothing that really gets you going. Uh, my immediate thought, we'll come on to it in a moment. My immediate thought is with Vassal Vega getting humped. Just would he be, would, would he Mullins be tempted to go given he's, the riches he's got two mile four, two, um, three miles? Would he be tempted to stick in Gaelic Warrior against Marie National? Um, yeah, it's like it's just a thought, but like I said, the price seems ludicrous. But when you go and have a look at what's in behind it, it's probably, yeah, yeah, I can see it. Well, Did you know, very, very quickly, Vanessa, just because I wasn't here when it happened, um, yeah. and on, it's relevant to this, I was mad impressed with um, Blood Destiny. A few weeks ago at Nace, um, I, I thought that was a really, really good chasing debut. Like it looked to me, I know it was two and a half miles, looked a real two miler to me, like like fast, low, aggressive, attacking, like was getting away from his fences so well. Like that, that for me was, you know, quite possibly the best chasing debut I've seen all season. Oh. Um, so just to throw that in the mix, I'd love to see him run in an article, but you've got all those um, Willie Mullins bingo pieces to move around the puzzle. So, um, but I said I'd put that in there, thought, thought it might be yeah, a nice place for it. That's a big shout because we've seen some what I think were really impressive, like I say, novice chase performances, but this is the great opinion game. Let's move on to Fasal Vega being beaten by founder 50, Brendan. That was mm. a bit of a turn up for the books. Founder 50 is being cut to 10 to 1 for the Arkle. Obviously, he was dropping down in trip, but what happened to Fasal Vega? Do we have any answers to that performance? Well, I mean, he, he has had a blowout in Leopardstown before and, and come back from it. And I'm sure, given that he is Willie Mullins' equine crush, that he's not, he's not going to give up on it. Again, he was doing his thing in the parade ring. He was taking, he was taking a keen grip uh, with the, the, the people lead, leading him around. I mean, he is a horse who lives on his nerves a little bit. But I thought he settled pretty well in the race, given what, what, what happened. I mean, it took Patrick Mullins to the fourth last to realise he should be on the inside of Founder 50. So that wasn't brilliant. Mm. But a- again, probably not enough to explain the run. He didn't jump the last two particularly well, and yet he was still only beaten and he's down five lengths. But I mean, the, 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 the race fell. So Founder 50 uh, jumped out to his right all the way, tried to duck out going past the stands the first yeah. time. I mean, he, he's, he, he's going to find Cheltenham an interesting experience, isn't he? Ever since. Leverstown's not a scary track the way Cheltenham is. So uh, uh, now he's an inexperienced horse. Maybe, maybe he'll learn, but you have grave concerns about him going going around Cheltenham. And then, as as Tony mentioned, uh, Gaelic Warrior, just sensational performance. Like, would you drop, given the way he jumps, if you're worried about Constitution Hill taking a fall, Vanessa, you must be massively worried about him. I mean, he has echoes of remittance man, direct route, Shaq and poor swag, from getting from one side of a fence to another. He's so low and accurate. So you could drop him back um, with, with, with a blood destiny um or the Indiana Dream horse, if Willie sees something for them that he thinks I can win the Turners and I've only one horse to beat in the arc, I'll drop Gaelic Warrior back. I know that the uh, Turners punters are shuddering when I say that. Um, but Willie Mullins has such faith in Fasal Vega that I think he'll stick with it and say, this is the arc horse, we're going to win the arc with this because he just, he just, his faith in him just cannot be shaken, it seems to me. 
Well, like, can I just make the point here, Vanessa, just just within the discussion of talking about what horses could move up or could, could move down, like be under no illusion, like 99.9% of these good horses will have zero problem moving two miles, two and a half miles. Like there isn't that much of a difference. Yeah. Like, anyone, that, anyone that wants to be bullish about a horse being significantly better at two or two and a half, like probably needs to give their head a shake. Like we've been yeah. utterly gaslighted into believing that this is a thing and it really isn't. Um, like any of these horses, Blood Destiny, Gaelic Warrior, any of them could do it. Fasal Vega could go up, no problems. I was expecting Fasal Vega. I was expecting to have news by now that he had that he came back a bit sore or something. Um, because if you look at the first fence, he, he gets like quite badly hampered. And the way his finishing effort transpired, I was expecting him to there to be something wrong with him. Maybe there is, and we haven't heard it yet. But um, yeah, yeah. disappointing though. Now, just a note: we're doing a lot of kind of festival chat here, so it has echoes of our segment that we have last year footsteps to the festival well, that kicks off officially next week so footsteps to the festival will be back and we will be tc will be delighted yeah. talking about all things festival right. in the lead up to just on that we've got today we're recording this on tuesday we've got the the first entry stage for the gold cup the ryanair and the champion chase today so what a time to be yes. alive what a Let's time to be alive Let's talk about Gaelic Warrior because Brendan Dukes obviously mentioned him there. He's now evens for the Turners at the festival off the back of the Fahin Novices Chase win down at Limerick. Like, look, we're going to talk about it later in the news section of the show, but most of the post-race focus was on the drama after the line between Patrick Mullins and Danny Mullins. But that took away from this horse's performance, which, as Brendan has already highlighted, was pretty exceptional. We loved him when he made his chase debut. We loved him. We, how can you not love him over fences, Gaelic Warrior, anymore now? Um, he's also been cut 7-1 to one for next year's King George, which just seems like, I don't know, anybody who's having that sort of bet. But anyway... Um, oh, no, they're there, Vanessa. Don't worry, they're there. Yeah, you have to have these slips in your pocket just in case it looks like it's going to happen next November, and you can you can yeah. put them up on Twitter and go, "Ha look how uh -huh. clever I am." Uh, TC, <laughs> I want to ask you actually if uh, Marine National was one of your least impressive novice chase performances from the festive period. Where did Gaelic Warrior rank? Just the insouciant way he just went clear after the last against a very very good horse it'd probably be gaelic warrior but then again you know we got elay francais everyone was like creaming themselves over at kempton as well aren't they it was just the the actual the triumph hurdle division and all the novice hurdle divisions are yet to catch fire but the but the novice chases i agree yeah novice chases on all three distances are, are just absolutely spellbinding isn't it it's like say when if these good horses all rock up against each other in whatever races and i echo what kevin said because do you remember when everyone's there's always that supreme versus ballymore debate isn't there two mile race two mile fire race everyone comes out and says actually ballymore you need more speed to win a ballymore than a, the you know and then a supreme isn't there so yeah i mean i don't know where all these horses are going to run against each other and i'd love elaine francais to come over to cheltenham doesn't look like it's going to happen but yeah, endless number of novice chases is just, just, it's just, uh, it, I think it's amazing depth this year. Yeah. Can we, can we do it? Can we do it in exercise, Vanessa? I've got for, no for, 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 got for, 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 for ourselves and everybody at home, just, just briefly. Can I... we just close our eyes? Close your eyes. Go on, have then. a bit of silence. Have a bit of silence for a second. And just imagine a world where there was only an Arkell and a Brown advisory. Imagine oh. what we'd be talking about now. Oh. Imagine the excitement of Marine oh. National versus Gaelic Warrior versus Blood Destiny. Oh. Versus, oh, wouldn't it be King wonderful? 
But now we've got two even. Now we've 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 got two even money favorites instead. So there you go. Yeah. Truly, well, a barnacle what, on the arse is the Turners, as I've mentioned before. It is the the worst race on the calendar. I, I thought you said the barnacle on the arse was a national hunt chase. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> there are two barnacles. There's two barnacles. Um, we've, no, got, no. we've got four. We've got four to choose from. We can definitely get rid of two. <laughs> Guys, I I tell you what, my exercise for you, if we're doing exercise, I enjoyed that one, Kev. That was a moment of stillness and happiness for us all. <laughs> Brendan Duke, I want you to rank it just because TC's put the idea in my head. These were like the standout performances of novice chasers. So Ile Francais from the Corto mm-hmm. Star, Marine Nationale on his chasing debut, Factor File in that Rising Stars, Gaelic Warrior at Limerick, and probably Grange Clear West. So that's five horses. Who's in top spot for most impressive novice chase performance of the festive season? Gaelic Warrior. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Who's in second? Ile Francais. Ah, lovely. Third? Grange Clare West. Bullshit. Okay. Proper, ah. proper, proper horse, Vanessa. We, Bullshit. We'll we, we, we review this in... Uh, in Do course. Go on. Who's yeah. four? Uh, Factifile was up against someone. Who was Factifile up against? Factifile uh, is a bag of shite. He shouldn't be on the option list. <laughs> Are you joking me? I'll tell you what. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with him. At, at, this point, at this point, I've got it out now. Time forms top novice rated chasers. One six. 160 Big P, Ilo Francais, 159 Small P, Marie Nationale, 158 Small P, Gaelic Warrior, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's going to absolutely, Kevin's head's going to fall off now. Fourth on 157 Small P, Factor File. Pound of 50, 155 Small P, Grange Clear West. Okay, well, that was some, that some was game. Fun. The great this game. Is, the great, the great. This is why it's games. a great game. So, uh, <laughs> in that case, let's talk about um, Factor File and that department. If we've sort of covered Caleb Warrior just about, uh, I was really impressed with Factor File, who's now being cut to 13 to 2 from 12 to 1 for the Brown Advisory. But Grange Clear West is your 7 to 2 favourite from 14s, having won the Neville's Hotel, beating Corbett's Cross, but disappointed in him. Kev, I'll come to you here to have first go at this particular division. You've already made your statement. You weren't impressed with Factor File. Yeah, I was just surprised. Like, you look at the results and you can see why uh, people get excited. Like, Santa here is obviously a very good horse. I'm in the middle of the cocooner to a lesser extent, but I just don't think any of them ran their race. Like, Factor File had a shot to bits a long way out. Um, wasn't in love with his jumping technique. Like he was very, very happy to shorten, like very willing to shorten into his fences. Um, and look, if they're thinking about going up and trip with him, okay, um, that might be okay. But if he's, if he's, you know, if you're going, imagine him for argument's sake versus Gaelic Warrior over two and a half miles. Like Gaelic Warrior will be putting two lengths on him in every fence, you know. Um, but they might be happy to go up and trip with him. I just thought he was very willing to shorten into his fences, which I, I'm never in love with. Um, and look, he hammered them, but I, I just, you know, it, it, 17 lengths, there's going to hear 28 lengths back to Manila Cocooner. Like, is that real? Like, not for me. Yeah, okay. How much and of that, they, sorry, sorry, they, Kevin, how, how much of that is uh, Walsh letting, letting him shorten just to be ultra careful? Not, not like when he let him go at the second last, he had plenty of scope. Is it the horse or the jockey that's responsible for that? Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd always be focusing on the horse. And okay. I it just seems like I, I, it's a very unusual note. Like, I can't recall writing it before. Like, it's a very willing to shorten. 
Mm. You know, and that that's that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. It, it's just I uh, just it wasn't something I loved. Um, okay. And look, and look at now, I'm not quite as strongly negative as I was with my initial comment. You know, it's always a bit of controversy always creates cash finances, you know, but um, I just, uh, I'm damning with faint praise more, more so than um, throwing rocks at him. Okay, well, if they do decide to step him up and trip, then he's 10 to 1 for the National Hunt chase. From oh, Lord. <laughs> from, from 16s. Um, I don't know. I like. I think part of the hype around him, Brendan, might also involve his trainer's comments. You know, they... The trainer's been very bullish on him, I thought, in in that post-race interview. Yes, and I, I mean, you would say Zanahir was ultra-careful. Manila Cocooners just run a stinker. But uh, Zanahir was ultra-careful with his jumping early, but it, it did warm up. So it's an impressive performance, and I really liked his, his jump at the second last. But like Kevin, I was wondering why he just constantly got in short defences. I was of the opinion that Walsh was just letting him do it, just, just to be careful, because he, he, he was neat enough with, uh, on landing. But, uh, you know, whether he he'd be able to go longer when he'd have to against a better class of horse is 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 up in the air. I suppose those people who have the anti-post dockets for the National Hunt chase, they, they need to tear them up because it was probably too good a performance. He, 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 he'd imagine he will get a get a shot at, at, at the Brown Advisory, but I'd say Grange Clare West would make bits of them. You reckon? So you move yourself nicely on to Grange Clare West beating Corbett's Cross then. Do you think that form stacks up? Do you think Corbett's... I, I'm hoping there's more to Corbett's Cross than that performance. Yes, well, he can jump better. Didn't did, did, yeah. did jump jump poorly in, in Nace, was better in Berry House and reverted to type here. Not 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 a great ju- jumping round. Favourite de Chandu uh, blew out. So uh, I, I can see the knock on the form. But you have to bear in mind with this Grange Clare West Vanessa, a physical phenom. What did he cost out of a point? 500,000 or something. And then you 430. See Oh, four four thirty, cheaper twice the price. You see him in the parade ring, and I mean, it's a wonder. It's a bit like that horse in the Godfather. He's nearly too beautiful to race, you know. It's a wonder that that, that they send him to the track at all. But th- thankfully, they do, so I can look at him. But he was just too keen as a herder. He didn't he didn't know what to do. But now he started to relax. Still a bit busy and nice, and again, kind of keen enough. And never said what I loved about him because again, I'm just going to after time winners all the way through the show. I had a few quid in him, but I always I often do this. I was so impressed with him in nice, but I often do this when a horse gets a solo in front and then I pay the price when they're taken on for the lead and they don't jump as well the next day. What an exhibition of jumping he put in. I mean, just basically didn't didn't miss a fence. For all Corbett's Cross can jump better. Grange Clare at West beat him nine lengths basically without being extended. Uh, they, they, there's some serious serious talent in that division uh, as well. Monty's past my equine crush um, put his head above the parapet there and stay away. Faye is obviously a worthy adversary, but I love Grange Clare West, particularly for that race, given it's on the old course because he has that two and a half mile speed and he might just have too much for stay away Faye on, on that tight track. Okay, got very, very positive on Grange Clare West for the Brown Advisory, currently seven to two favourite after that performance from a huge price of 14 to one that he was pre Leopardstown. TC, anything else to add about these prices? You've got Fact File in there, as I said, 13 to two for the Brown Advisory, 10 for the National Hunt Chase. Meeting of the Wards have been cut to 14 to one for the National Hunt Chase as well after the Paddy Power handicap. Um, anything anti post wise jumping out at you about these horses? No, not on novice chases, no. Okay, well then we shall move on to some of the novice hurdlers, which as you've already said, TC, just mm. doesn't feel like it's really kind of 
caught fire the novice hurdlers yet, or I don't even know really. And as a result, Jericho de Reponé being cut again for the Supreme, which we spoke about obviously on the show when he won on his debut, being the sort of hype horse from the Henderson Yard. And he's now been cut. He's five to one favourite from six to one, which is a little bit more of a healthier price. But um, the sort of bandwagon rolls on with him. There wasn't a huge amount of other movement elsewhere for that division, though, however. So I suppose... No, um, the second of... The second... You know, I'm... I'm more willing to accept the five to one. And I think the Betfair price is the, the top price around at five to two. I'm more I'm more willing to accept the five to one now, Jericho yeah. to Repinay, because he actually beat nothing first time up. I mean, I think the second came out and got beat a distance of 180, 100, of 108. And, you know, he beat two good horses here. He was a dawdle. He came home really strongly. He looked much, much better than he did previously. And as much as I'm, you know, you know, the horse has achieved very little in winning supreme terms. I mean, the, the handicap has come out and rated that horse 132 this morning. Now, that tells you, and that is a horse that's short of 72 in places for the supreme. So, that, you know, it's got it's got loads to prove. But again, I, I come back to the depth of the triumph hurdle market and all the novice hurdle markets. You know, the second favourite in that supreme market is Dream to Share that we haven't seen. Um and so as much as you're tempted to knock a horse that's supreme as top price fives um rated only 132 there's you know there's nothing in that division that really really scares you so i i'm fully understanding of why or why they're so short about that horse and he's all about potential i mean he's like in a normal year shouldn't be anywhere near five's favorite but it doesn't seem a normal year at the moment no, oh, sure. just uh, very, very briefly, Vanessa, update from the coffee station in Leopardstown. Uh, I somehow found myself, found myself uh, standing beside Brian Gleason. He very kindly said hello, and I asked him about the horse as uh, a dream to share, as you would. And he said he's grand. He'll be out in January. So there you go. Well, that's something to look forward to. That'll help set the, that division, the Supreme Market alight. If he was to say what year? Ah, I've got fans, good fans. That's why you don't, that's why you're not allowed in the coffee station. <laughs> um, what about over in Ireland? We saw Caldwell Potter win the Paddy Power Novices Hurdle, Kev. He was introduced to the Supreme Market, but it is, as TC has summarised, just looking a little bit lukewarm at the moment. Not a huge amount to get excited about, I don't think. Oh, I thought this fellow was good. Like, he's, he's won a grade one. Um, he's, he's won a... You know, he was well well in charge from a fair way out. I thought his jumping was quite good. He, he does adjust to his left, which would be a bit worried if he was going the other way around. Um, you just, I suppose, the thing that, that's stopping people getting really in behind him is Gordon doesn't seem to hold him in. He was not quite damning him a fame praise, but definitely wasn't getting excited. And he, couldn't, he couldn't seem to say quick enough that he's, well, he's not Mighty Potter, um, <laughs> who was his, his ill-fated full brother, of course. Yeah. Um, but like he's done very little wrong on the track in fairness since he's gone over hurdles beaten the first day by It's For Me who we haven't seen since um, but looked very good he's been going the right way Gordon was talking about going up in trips so um, who knows um, which race he'll end up in um, won't be lacking in options as we know um, and I'd say he'll always appreciate um, a good ease in the ground as well is, is another thing I'd say but um, yeah that's Caldwell Potter um, just quickly on the on the Supreme Fav um, Jericho um, geez, he's a grand horse isn't he but like a, 
I, I don't know if I'd be lumping in just yet now. Like he's, he's well, one thing you'd say about him is he has the most lovely, neat jumping technique. And uh, like there's nothing to flash about it, but it's just very neat. He's clever when he needs to be. You just love the way he's doing things and he's learning the way the whole time. But um, his official rating does some things up a little bit. And um, prior to the rule change a couple of years ago, um, I thought the ride he was given was one that was almost with, with a mark in mind, you know, don't win too far. And I'm sure connections would, would have been very tempted by something like the Betfair hurdle um, in years gone by. Um, but now that they, they changed the rule, you need four runs over hurdles to qualify for those class one and class two handicap hurdles. So um, they need to they need to get a get a get a rush on big time to get them qualified for that, or even the county hurdle or something like that. But um, I don't think they'll be messing about too much like that. They'll be driving on and see where he ends up. But um, currently for the Supreme, too short for me. Too short for you. Fair price for TC. Uh, what about Ballymore division, Brendan? Uh, Captain Teague was cut to 14 to 1, having toughed it out in the Chalo. Mm. A little bit, I don't know. They they seem obviously they're delighted taking a grade one happy days. Back to winning ways for Captain Teague. I know he's a horse. We've spoken about plenty on the pod, and Paul clearly thinks quite a lot of, but you know, it was slightly heavy work was made of it, I thought. Did, would you agree with that? I would. I, I, I love the way he snapped back on the bridle coming down to the second last, though. He wasn't great at the second last. And could, could you make the argument? Because I know that Nichols apparently wasn't happy that Cobden didn't go on earlier in Cheltenham on his, on his previous run. But could you see maybe why Cobden didn't do it? He, yeah. he wasn't doing a stroke after the last, was he? Yeah. Um, so he seems to be a strong stayer based on uh, very small money now. I wouldn't read a whole pile into this, but uh, based on the exchanges, it seems like the Albert Bartlett might be slightly more likely for him. And you can, you, I, well, if I mean, you, of course, he, he placed in the Cheltenham bumper, so he, he's not he's not short of speed. But um, you, you you could see him stepping up and trip to to, to three miles. He seems to be a horse who's learning. He did make a mistake at the second last. He wasn't foot perfect, but his jumping's getting better. I think he does have a good attitude and a big engine. But I just wouldn't like to see him in front as long the next day, whatever Nichols thinks. Okay. Uh, TC, what about Triumph Hurdle Division? We saw good performances from Sir Gino at Kempton. So we saw Storm Hart over in Ireland, both now cut to six to one for the Triumph Hurdle. But of course, Burdett Road, who didn't run at Chepstow in the finale, is still your market leader there. And the horse that won that race, Salva, has been cut off the back of winning the finale. But that was a bit of a damp squib. Come on, get it right. 2024 is going to be my year to get these sayings <laughs> right, lads. Honestly, I am right. going to fly along this year with these sayings. Um, so, yeah, the Triumph Hurdle market probably had a little bit more movement than some of the other novice hurdling divisions. Anything particularly catch your eye, TC? Um, well, some of the Irish horses winning by street, you just don't know how good they are. It's just finger in the air kind of like ratings, isn't it? So Gino is a horse that has been the talk of you know, um, the, the juvenile kind of like horse at Seven Barrows ever since he came over from France. He, I think he beat uh, a horse over there in Autoy in April that went to Mullins afterwards. So they must have gone for massive money. Uh, and he was just very, very good. But as with as with a lot of these Henderson horses, they come with a big reputation. The bare form is nothing to write home about. And he's now second favourite for the Triumph. It just, something's going to come out of Ireland very soon and go to the head of that market, but they're taking a long time coming. But they do love Sergino. 
The French form is apparently decent, uh, but he, he won as he should at Kenton. Uh, but they do think the world of him. He's not he's, great. He's, he's looking to jump better, yeah. Yeah, he he, mm. he he just doesn't see that it was only it was only a second run, and I too have heard that that Salvador Mundi uh, is 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 a proper horse, the horse that that, that he beat in Autoy. Now Joe Donnelly was so impressed with that race that he bought the, the front two. He of course with his art dealing background, perhaps he bought the second because of his name, but uh, pro- probably not. But Sergino just he, he doesn't seem to be able to organise his feet when he gets in close. Now he he, he might have learned a bit, but uh, it's Jesus he'll he, he'll have to. He Made plenty of mistakes. Okay, last word, Kev, to you for the Mayor Dino Blue, who won the two mile chase over at Leperstown. Is it the Rewards Club chase over two miles yeah. there? Obviously, everyone was sort of focusing in on Captain Guinness's opportunity to win a week uh, grade one over fences, and he couldn't deliver in that regard. And she managed to pick up um, the pieces essentially and lead home. A one, two, three for the green and gold in that division. Obviously, she's been cut to, for the mayor's chase off the back of that 11th four to go one place better than last year. But was that as weak a race as it felt? <laughs> I'd say it was. Um, well, yeah. Look, Captain Guinness didn't do his thing, and Gentleman to me, you know, wanted to join the party in the stands most of the race. He was jumping out to his right. Um, but you know, Blue, in fairness to her, that she she's she's a real Two minors, like for me, like she's she's got a lovely kind of low jumping style, aggressive, um, and up travel great, picked up great, and be gentleman to me, who I don't think you know would would have run up to his one sixty five, but um, he might not have been a million miles lower than it. So you have to take her seriously, um, and and yeah, look, next step would be interesting whether they go again at the at the DRF or not. Um, she's certainly going the right way, and in fairness, like she's one that they've clearly loved. From an early stage, like you look back at it now, um, off the back of a Clamel made in the hurdle when she went off 11 to 8 for the mayor's novice hurdle uh, against Love Infoy and a, a bunch of good, impervious and a bunch of good mares. Um, so it's it's taken her a little while to show the full extent of what she can do. She went that fab last year as well for the grand annual. Um, so they'll be hoping it might be third time lucky at Cheltenham um, this time around. But she she's delivering now on what she was clearly showing them all along. And um, yeah, this, this was very good in fairness to her. Okay, we move on, guys. News topics, right. Um, Premierisation, the British horse racing, is essentially the main news topic we're going to talk about. Cheltenham on New Year's Day was the first day of the new premierisation plan from the BHA to essentially declutter British racing on certain days uh, to give the bigger and more important meetings the time and the space they deserve without too much other racing happening on one day to essentially, yeah, just... Uh, help with the overcrowding of the fixture list, meaning that ultimately we can present on the TV, but also on the race days, a better product to racing fans who will then hopefully obviously become, um, you know, involved in the game, whether it be through having a bet or stepping into ownership, who knows, but that is essentially the aim, the decluttering of these premierization days um Cheltenham New Year's Day TC was indeed the first day of what I think we can recap as a soft launch I put to you was there anything different on the 1st of January with the first premierization day to any other day of racing to your eye um no uh and I don't see how there's going to be any meaningful change until we get into the morning racing on the opening show and Sunday evening races coming up. So, but you know, for ITV viewers, uh, 
there was none. I mean, I, I actually watched all of the ITV coverage because uh, Richard Hall's got in touch with me and just said, look, we're going to try a, new, a few new things on the betting side for ITV, which is much welcome because, like I said, the two racing channels don't seem particularly bothered by it. But uh, these ITV are trying, uh, and they did they did something echoing the Betfair beacons about shortness and positive, uh, uh, short, uh, the shifters um, and, and shortness there. So at least they're trying stuff. Um, you know, obviously, the more betting coverage on ITV, the better. But that said, you know, the Boxing Day figures were were great. So, you know, the best they've ever had. So that's that's a positive there. But there was no real difference, was there? And there won't be any real, real difference. Um I don't, everyone's saying about, oh, there's no marketing budget for it, but, you know, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give Great British Racing 10 pence to make a phone call in a phone box because after we saw with the Everruns turf campaign, uh, and I don't think there's there's a need to really promote it. Um, it just, I if, if, if racing does better on the TV and on the course, and I, I was having an exchange with Ed Chamberlain this morning, a private conversation about and I was saying about when he's interviewing Nevin Truesdale, just hammer home to him about what's important to race goers. You know, you don't want your food confiscated and binned in front of you. You, you, you know, there's so much very simple things the sport can do um, to actually make it better. I mean, I, I made the point again over the weekend that the Cheltenham range, uh, rain gauge on, on turf track doesn't work. I mean, that must be very simple to do. But for someone who's quite anal about me, wants to know how much rain there's been overnight, just very simple things can make a big difference. So for, for the casual viewer on ITV, even though they're like I said, there's improved betting coverage there, hopefully that will continue. Uh, no, there's not a great deal of change, but it's, as in all things, just racing should just adopt more common sense, be more consumer focused, uh, focus on the paying public and what makes things better for them. And if that's, encapsulated under premier premier racing then so be it but no there's no discernible difference kev i'm i'm all for the premierization plan i genuinely think that in terms of giving those uh bigger meetings and headline sort of marquee days the space they need i think it's like vitally important i see it all the time on our channel on sky sports racing where we'll have a good race i'm not saying a race that would even feature in a premierization a premier day i'm just saying like it'll be a good you know, decent race that you could dissect, you could go into a bit of detail on, you could get stuck into, but there's just no time because the channel's full of all the other racing we show, which I totally get is how our channel works. But in terms of trying to attract that wider audience, I'm all for these premier days. And what I'm hoping is what we saw on the 1st of January is just that, a soft launch. And we're not really going to see this come to fruition and the marketing behind it until further into the plan. Is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. Like, look, you'd have to be an absolute troglodyte to, tr to, to pass judgment on it based on one day. Um, and look, at, like, like for me, the premierization, the, the vast majority of it is very sound conceptually, makes perfect sense. Um, I'd be all for it. Um, but look, at it's not going to change the fact that, you know, British National Hunt Racing in particular, like, is, is just utterly broken. Um, you know, you're going to need to do a lot more than this to, to help your, your core product um, on you know, non-festival Saturdays, for example. Um, so look, I think look, and it it is a frustration in, in in racing that when things are tried and new things like the amount the amount of industry people that are just willing to absolutely torch the thing on day one, um, <laughs> is just terrifying. And it's 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 a bit of a hint why people are so slow to to try things, um, because of the willingness of the people in our tent to set fire to it, um, at the first opportunity. 
But um, look, on we go. We'll see how it goes. It's a long-term project. Um, but look, there's far bigger um, foundation-level underlying issues to be tackled um, if they really want to, to, to change the thing for the better. But um, what they're doing here is is to be encouraged. And um, yeah, hopefully it gets better and better. Just very quick yeah, before Brendan has his just very quick before Brendan has his speak. I I literally watched racing TV for the first race. Um it merged into Cheltenham merged into Exeter, split the screen. You had all uh, races overrunning it. I mean, this is an ITV project, it's nothing to do with racing TV. I mean, whoever gave that contract, that, that Irish contract to racing TV, clearly loves loves a pound note more than they love. Decent coverage, uh, and like I said, if if ITV coverage improves because because of prioritisation, then I'm all for it. But it's purely an ITV thing; it's got nothing to do with the racing channels. Ah, uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, they did they did try some different innovations, Brandon, over here. Obviously, I was watching it, um, and you know they they tried a few different things. And, you know, all positives, they had these market mover tabs, obviously red for drifters, green for um, horses that have been popular in the market. But essentially, I, I, I didn't feel a huge difference. But as I keep reiterating, soft launch. And as Kevin has reiterated, there are much bigger problems in national hunt racing in Great Britain, massively highlighted by the fact there was 47, 47 horses declared on New Year's Day mm. at Cheltenham. Mm. And I mean, like, if that doesn't put you off as a betting product, but not even the betting product, I was with people on New Year's Eve who were planning on going racing to Cheltenham on New Year's Day, and the discussion around the table on my dog's life was there's only there's so few runners, there's so few runners, is there any point in going? And I was thinking, you know, in my head, these are casual racing fans that go mm. as much for a good time as anything. But they're massively put off about the fact that there's not enough runners to fill the races. It was a depressing conversation. To wrap I'll tell you, for thirty-three thousand people there. It's some number. No, like, like it, it, it would. It, it really does make make you shine a light on the thing. Like it, it, National Hunt Racing is so lucky to have the following it has. Like it has this really passionate fan base. It has lots of people that maybe aren't as passionate about the racing, but are passionate about going to the races for whatever reason, social, um, day out, etc. Uh, and but the, the core product is just it, it's just been allowed to slip so much and and like we really need to and we've been saying it for years and blue in the face but we really do need to get on to tackling those foundation issues because um like you say vanessa if those chats are happening around casual tables you know that that's that's pretty concerning because once, once we lose that people's willingness to go for a day out and and want to go then that's the, the you know that's a, a slippery Another step in a slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah, because of the 33,000 that went, uh, if some of them didn't enjoy the day out because there wasn't enough horses to watch, there wasn't enough of a bedding product there to get stuck into or enough interest, that number's going to reduce, Brendan. That's the way popularity in sport goes. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting about the the, the, the numbers. Um, so they, they, they want to have an each way bet, basically, uh, and, and they want more horses to choose from. I didn't be, you know, so would those people have looked at the King George? Obviously, they, they, things aren't great in British national race, but the King George was a complete triumph. You know, in terms of it was a six runner race, but it was such a uh, top class horses taking each other on and a fascinating betting puzzle. But at the same time, only six winners. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but conver conversely, Brendan, like there was a huge amount of chat after that about the crowd at Kempton and how much it slipped 
in, yeah, in recent times. You know, for me, I, I was watching like you from, from my living room and I thought it was a fantastic race, but you, 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 you I watched Cheltenham and I wasn't particularly excited by what went on but, in Cheltenham, yet there was 33,000 people there. Kempton, you get the action on the track, but, you know, racetracks are playing a role too and it, there's been some fair arrows shot at Kempton in recent days and I'm, I dare say plenty of them justified. Um, so it's 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 not always one thing. There's usually mm-hmm. you know there's five or six lanes to the race, isn't there? And it's, yeah, yeah, it's, fair. it's contradictory, isn't it, TC? Last point on this, but you know we got you know I think the ITV viewing figures were the best on Boxing Day that they've been since it left Channel Four, which is an amazing achievement by them and their team. Yet those going racing aren't there at the track, but they are watching it on the telly. So popularity of the sport is contradictory to the numbers we are reading about in terms of attendance figures so it's kind of hard yeah that would just be my just, summary just very briefly i mean that thirty-three thousand. i i gather that was five thousand down from thirty-eight thousand last year so even the thirty-three thousand figure could well have been disappointed to cheltenham themselves yeah yeah and uh, yeah anyway a lot of kids as well but uh we need to move on because the other topic we do need to discuss but a lot of airtime over the christmas period was the patrick mullins versus danny mullins uh down at limerick in that gaelic warrior race uh, you all will have seen it by now of course patrick mullins gives out to danny mullins sorry over the line uh past the line for the ride uh for for the sort of tactics in the last sort of in the home straight, really, of the Faheen Novices chase. And then afterwards, Patrick does an interview where he says that he told Danny he was going to leave a gap up his inside because, uh, latterly, he's explained because the horse jumps right, Gaelic Warrior, um, and that Danny wasn't to go up that gap. And, of course, Danny did try and go up that gap, and Patrick did not like that. Um, there's been a lot of sort of fallout discussion since, and there's now going to be, um, I think it's been it's been a fish it went there was a steward's inquiry and now it's been sent for further inquiry because of patrick's post-race comments obviously some people reading this kevin as team tactics but i think once you read patrick's comments on it latterly you can see that he meant it from a safety point of view would you agree or disagree Patrick was his the advice he gave was good advice. You know, Danny shouldn't have went up there, um, not because you know, but everyone knows the horse jumps right. You know, and the thing about the, like the rail disappears there at um at Limerick, and and like tactically he shouldn't have gone up there. And if I, you know, there's lots of talk of oh, what about the owners, etc. If I was the owner of that horse, I wouldn't have been happy with Danny's manoeuvre there myself because you know exactly what's going to happen. Um, so I, I think Patrick's advice was probably sound. Was his reaction sound? Probably not. But the thing is, Vanessa, like, and I'll give you, I'll give you an anecdote. Um, day after that, I, w- I went out with a few old school friends of mine, none of whom are at all remotely interested in racing. I'd never go out expecting to talk about racing with them at all. Five or six of them went out within five minutes, first drink in the table, and we're talking about Patrick and Danny Mullins because they've all seen it. And they're asked, oh, what really went on there? What was that all about? And I said it earlier, the three C's, Vanessa, controversy creates cash. And we're absolutely unbelievable in this game for stifling personality. 
and a bit of drama. And this is getting referred on to the IHRB like it's the greatest waste of time of all time. And it also sends a horrendous message to participants. Whatever you do, don't say what you're feeling and don't tell yeah. the truth. Just keep your mouth shut. Um, and it, I, I think it's really sad. And I can see why they've done it. There's rules there. I don't know, bringing race into disrepute might be the one they, they examine it under, like no case to answer in my book. But um, Jesus, like, it, it, I find it so depressing. And we say it all the time. Like so many other sports have copped on that, you know, sport isn't just about the action on the pitch or wherever it takes place. It's about personalities and characters and and, and telling stories like darts on at the minute. Like what was darts 30 or 40 years ago? A bunch of old boys all dressed the same, throwing yokes at a, at a board. No one cared. And uh, was it Barry Hearn possibly came in and, you know, he, he sets the whole thing up. It's music, it's entrances, it's same same big fat lads throwing, throwing yokes at a board, but it's entertaining and people go to watch it and people tune in to watch it. Um, and racing has just been utterly left behind in this. We've no characters left. We've been clinging on desperately to Frank Dettori for 30 years. Um, <laughs> I, I, I find it a bit depressing because it was no, fun. I, it was, it was, it was I, interesting to see. It was a bit of emotion. It was probably wrong. And the, the Patrick will probably say, feck it. I let myself down a small bit there, but it was great. It was entertaining. It got people talking. I'd love to see more of it. I'm not saying we, everyone has to go full Conor McGregor, but Jesus, that's show a bit of personality. Lord knows we know they have personalities, but they all switch them yeah. off as soon as the, as the TV cameras come on. So my, I couldn't agree more. My disappointment in the aftermath of this is is very similar to you, Kevin, in the sense of we know those discussions go on and those arguments happen in the weighing room and there's disagreements and there's crosswords given. We know that happens. But because racing is so determined to keep all the doors, windows, shutters and blinds shut on what actually happens on the inside... We don't, we rarely get to see it. And then the one opportunity, like the not opportunity, the one time just, you know, through the incident, we do see a bit of emotion and a bit of flair. You've got Ruby Walsh coming out and saying that he's a top amateur. He shouldn't be behaving like that. He should be setting a standard. He set a standard for 15 years of his life, for God's sakes. And he has one moment that it's like a passion and a bit of like interest. And it's like, shut that down, get that back in the weighing room. None of the public's allowed to see that. I just think it's so depressing the way we react to stuff like this. And of course, Brendan, I'm sure he could have articulated what he meant a little bit better in the post-race interview. But sure, hell, as you know, we're not going to see that sort of comment again for another five years until something just creeps out the weighing room and we get to see it again. But, you know, it's just depressing that it all just gets so shut down. I just hate it. <laughs> I know, good. I don't want to hear those comments again. I know, like you, Vanessa, that when Kevin's doomsday, doomsday scenario hasn't come to pass, but it could be a situation where Willie Mullins has all the runners in a grade one race, he had three of the four in the Matheson. Aidan <laughs> O'Brien runs multiple horses. I know, of course I do. I'm not an idiot. I know they chat beforehand, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this horse here, this horse here, and bear, bear this, this, this in mind. But I don't want them then to come out afterwards and, and, and just say it. They don't need to say it. I, I know it, but it, it, it struck me very much of I told them not to do it. Now, I would be inclined to agree with Kevin. It seemed a strange manoeuvre to me, but Danny thought he wasn't jumping to his right as much as he had. He was trying to get some inside leverage. Like in many ways, it's very good for the game that he didn't listen to him. So we have these tactics. And, but but the, the like this rubbish now that Patrick was telling them, oh, this horse jumps to the right. You might want to be a bit careful. Like it's a horse going out in its first beginner's chase. This is Gaelic warrior. 
My granny knows the horse jumps to the right and she's dead. You know, this is what I'm saying to you, Vanessa. There's no way he had that conversation because it would be insulting to, to Danny's intelligence. And he should not come out afterwards and say, we drew this race up beforehand. I saw this scenario and he had no business coming up there because I told him not to do it. It's, I mean, whether it's bringing racing into disrepute, I think they're actually going to have to give him a ban. Because I think they're just going to be there. What, what, what are we even doing? What are we even doing here at this disciplinary committee? What is he saying on a public forum that I told him not to do something on the second favourite in a grade one race, a stable companion? I mean, it, it, it made no material difference to the race, as it turns out. But it, it, it obviously, people are going to wonder, well, what other conversations do they have before other races? I thought it was a bad look for it's, I I think he came across really badly. And... He tried to put the record straight in a Racing Post article this morning, well, the first of it Sunday night, and I just think he's 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 dug a he's dug a further hole for himself because I think if the if the authorities are going to look into this, <clears throat> they'll pull up that conversation about what's been had. We all know, as as Brendan said, we all know all jockeys in the weighing room, whether they're from different stables, different owners have these kinds of conversations all the time. We, we see it in what's going to make the running. The betting kind of knows well beforehand, before they line up. So we know these conversations goes on. But I think the Irish authorities here are probably looking at, you know, the recent conversation we've had about limiting a number of horses, trainers having races, owners having races. For a jockey to come out and say specifically they've had a conversation about a certain time of the race and a very important time of the race, I just think they'll look at that and just think we can't have the paying public and the viewers and punters getting told that they've had a specific conversation about a specific time of the race which is arguably the most important. However, common sense is coming into it, as we said about the horse jumping right, et cetera. I think they're probably going to look into it and just say, look, for you to come out and say that, you've had these conversations, et cetera, et cetera, it's not acceptable. And I think they probably will get him, give him a ban on that basis. And I don't think they'll give him a ban about the, you know, the playground stuff after the race, the finger wagging and all that bollocks. So, yeah, I, I think it was a bad look. Uh, and he should have just hold his, held his hands up a lot more than he has done. But you're not going to stop people having a conversation about how a race is going to be played out. Yeah, but you like, don't, no, you don't, you don't, you don't you shove that in the authority's face, do you? Yeah, but it's one of those. It's not like he said, you know, you know whatever you do, don't beat me. He said, go no, around me. Don't well, go up the inside. I, you know, in a, in a, in a small to... field. You know, it's a pretty, it was a pretty simple suggestion. That's yeah, like it wasn't says, a suggestion. See, Don't is not a suggestion. Don't is a specific. Do not, under any circumstances, make this maneuver. I'm telling you what to do. I'm on the favourite. You're on the second favourite. It's not a suggestion. Yeah, but, but but he can say whatever he wants, Brendan. He doesn't have right, to listen. Absolutely. Which you, you clear? Which you clearly did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Well, this is the thing. The race. You, know, you, you can, you can imagine there's plenty of senior jockeys now that go stronger personalities. You know, Roger Ruby Walsh going around the weighing room back in the day. Like, you did, yes. did, do you want to believe that he's not telling someone? You don't. That like, that's not that. the point. That's not the point. He wouldn't come out in an interview afterwards and say, "Oh yeah, well, I bossed that and I told them beforehand I was going to." Oh yeah, like, like the, the interview business. was the interview was the misstep. Clearly, 
Yeah, look, yeah. The, the, I agree with that. We all agree with yeah. that. The interview, I'm sure if he got the opportunity again, he'd articulate himself differently, as I've already said. And yeah, I, like, like sure and then really, like he probably could have said something and made it, you know, and said, yeah, I, why, why, Patrick, why were you so animated after the line? Like you said, I, I, I just thought Danny was an absolute idiot. Like, what are you doing coming up my inside? I jumped to the right. Like, he didn't have to say about what he said or what he didn't say. He just had to say what he thought, which clearly was, I thought he was an idiot for coming up my inside. And wraps up the show, I think, guys, because I think we've gone over time. Um, yeah. But a good discussion all the same. Does anyone have anything else to add? We should say happy retirement to Show Royale and Frodon. Frodon mm. going down to Bryony Frost. That's going to be great to follow on social media. There's great social media already with Black Corton, and Frodon will be joining Black Corton down there. What a nice life for him and that partnership. Legends retiring. Uh, Footsteps of the Festival is going to return next week. We've got that to look forward to. Anything else to add, boys? Oh, TC's brought yeah, his Just that, uh, obviously, Nassalam won the, uh, the Welsh National by a street, and the horse has gone up £15 to mark of 161. I imagine nice. that is the entry dream out of the window, and I think they might be I think they might be entering that horse in the Gold Cup and or Ryanair this morning, mm. well, this afternoon. Um, because winning a winning a grand national for mark of 161 is uh, going to take some doing, especially if you're a Chepstow slot monster. Yeah, some. Uh, uh, I'll uh, give you one as well, Vanessa, just because uh, the the bounce of the ball, we didn't get to spend too much time on him. But uh, yeah. Ilé Francais, just to give a, a, another mention for him, geez, wasn't wasn't he fun to watch? The um, best that, fun. That, that, that was fantastic, like long and quick and efficient. And he was even even showed a bit of cleverness at times when he needed to and yeah. um, smashed up. Sounds like, Alan, a, sounds like an assessment of Brendan. He's long, he's tall, <laughs> he's clever when he needs to be. <laughs> uh, I... No, geez, it was fun, fun to watch. Hope we get to see him again on um, across the old channel. Well, um, you will hopefully. be able to see him again, Kev, alive, I'm sure, on Sky Sports Racing, company uh, woman that I am, because, of course, we are the home <laughs> of French racing, everyone. And uh, you'll be able to see him in the French Gold Cup, which is going to be his main season aim. And then hopefully he'll be back in the UK. But tune in, Channel 415. On that note, have a good week, everyone. Boys, thank you very much, as always, to you guys, listeners and viewers out there. As always, we love the support throughout last year and into this year. It's a very happy new year from us. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>